suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother J.S. to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today we introduce Bioblast number 15, the titrating toxin king part three, subtitled The Building Up of intolerance. And in this, our 148th podcast, we talk about Mithridates. He is not today considered by military historians as ranking among the pantheon of the greatest commanders of all time. He was not in the class of men it is judged, such as Alexander the Great, Caesar, Napoleon, Scipius Africanus, Marcus Agrippa, Attila, Belisarius, or Genghis Khan. No. But Mithridates was no slouch either, as the Romans were forced to acknowledge after suffering more than their usual share of ass-kickings at the hands of the Toxin King's fearless, intrepid forces on the battlefields throughout Asia Minor. You know, after astute political engineering, chicanery, and wild, wise deployments of his military forces and assets, Mithridates consolidated under his dominion a very wealthy kingdom in Asia Minor, most of which uh, today lies within the boundaries of the modern state of Turkey. Mithridates was a persuasive enough, smart enough, and forceful enough man to even unite the pirates of the Black Sea in an, an alliance within his kingdom with the ex- expectation the coalition that he had so assiduously assembled for the coming confrontation with Rome that was certain to follow and lay not too far off in the distance, it was necessary to gather these forces. And and the truth is that Mithridates wanted that confrontation with Rome. Rome ruled and had ruled Western Asia Minor, the Ionian coastline, for some time, having conquered the remains of the great Greek city-states and, and, and controlled the Adriatic, the Aegean, and the Mediterranean seas, predating Mithridates' birth by a decade, but occurring during the reign of his father, Mithridates the fifth, the Romans sought once and for all to put an end to whatever opposition remained within Greece to Roman rule. And that opportunity presented itself to Rome in 146 BC, the Battle of Corinth, also known in history as the Battle of Lucapetra. It was a decisive engagement fought between the forces of the Roman Republic and the Greek city-state of Corinth and its allied members in the Achaean League. And the battle 
The battle is notable in that it was an example of the asymmetrical military strength of the legions of Rome relative to the combined military forces of any one Greek state, you know, city-state, or league of allied states that they might be able to assemble, you know, cobble together in defense of their independence and freedom from the exploitation that was part and parcel of Roman imperialism. And the Battle of Corinth ended all Greek resistance to Roman rule as effective resistance in the face of such overwhelming mighty Roman forces was just impossible. It was just suicidal. All Greece was to become just another province of Rome. And the Battle of Corinth denoted the end of what has become known to history as the Achaean War and and represents the beginning of the complete domination by the Romans of Greek history thereafter. And the Battle of Corinth is also notable for what followed, the complete annihilation of the city of Corinth. And this was a departure, um, the first change of policy by the Romans in its treatment of a defeated Greek city-state. In opposition to the British policy as told to the world later by Winston Churchill, you know, 2,000 years later in war resolution, in defeat um, defiance, in victory magnanimity, and in peace goodwill. (laughs) Not, Not with the Romans. The Romans smoted the Corinthians. And Corinth was subjected to the same measure of outrage, the same level of absolute destruction as had been inflicted by the Romans upon Carthage that same year. A crushing um, defeat in detail served up Corinth and its Achaean uh, League allies in battle. But that was insufficient to satiate the appetite and hunger of the Roman commander, Lucius Mummius, for destruction. No, it was not. He permitted his legionnaires free run, later known to us as wilding, throughout the streets of Corinth after the battle had ended. And the atrocities committed predate by 1,300 years. Descriptions of horror we've read in the works of a writer from Florence of a nature that may well have inspired the clear-thinking Dante who had thought a bit about the idea of retribution for sins. And in 146 BC, the Corinthians now were suffering the torments known only to those who are living in one of Dante's circles of hell. All all Greek males alive after the fighting had ceased in the Battle of Corinth, they were killed one by one. I might suggest that they were actually the lucky ones they really were because the women whom survived serial rape were then rounded up and sold into slavery as were their children. And these were the kind of, of savageries about which Russia's Joseph Stalin later quipped as the Red Army raped its way through Hungary and Germany in 1944 and 1945, two million women serially gang-raped. And Joseph Stalin's comment, hey, hey, the boys were just having a bit of fun. Fun. Yeah. You know, you know Helmut Kohl, 
um, the Unification Chancellor of Germany. His wife's name was Hannelore. And when she was 12 years old in 1945, as the Red Army strove uh, to take Berlin, a gang of Red Army soldiers gang-raped her repeatedly amidst much laughter. This was the, the kind of fun described by Bolshevik leader Joe, Joseph Stalin. When, when the raping part of the fun was over, the Russian soldiers then tossed Hanalore out of a window. Again, oh, all just part of the fun. And she suffered back problems for the rest of her life. But the emotional scars that she experienced were far, far worse. She had reported that the smell of male sweat, garlic, alcohol, and even the sound of spoken Russian haunted her permanently. In 2001, by the way, Hanalar Cole committed suicide. Ancient Corinthians understood just what Russians having some fun might really mean. The art and treasures of the, of the ancient Greek city of Corinth um, they were destroyed through the idiocy of the wilding troops. And, and whatever remained was sent back to Rome, and the city was thoroughly sacked. Three days later, uh, later Lucius Mummius gave the order. It was now time to conclude the outrage. It was time to torch the city. Nothing would remain standing in ancient Corinth. Rome was sending a message to any rulers of any lands, anywhere in the known world, which might become potential territories to be incorporated into an ever-expanding Roman Empire. That's the way it was. And any such ruler worth his salt would be paying attention to the meaning of the means and costs of Roman acquisitiveness. And they were now officially put on notice. Resist Roman rule, you will suffer the fate of Corinth. Not good. And one of the rulers of a kingdom who was paying attention to Roman aggression was Mithridates' father, the king of Pontus, whom cannot have not made his son, a son being groomed to take over the kingdom someday, aware of the threat that Rome posed the kingdom of Pontus. The, the, the only thing growing faster than the territorial expansion of the Roman Empire, arguably, was the resentment of people to harsh Roman rule. It was widespread, and the hatred of Rome would only require the appearance on the stage in Asia Minor of a strongman, a leader with a willingness and a capacity to take up the task of encouraging, of, of rousing the people to rise up to resist Rome, to turn those smoldering embers of discontent into an outright, outright wildfire, conflagration. And Mithridates grew up believing it was his fate to be that man. And that is where we'll take up this story in our next episode of the Titrating Toxin King. Hope you'll tune in and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I am in a far-off place Half a world away
there's so much to do and there's so much to see Mother Nature's had her way There are mountains and valleys and beautiful hills Each vista something new And though my imagination's been captured My thoughts, they return to you so can you help relieve me of this burden on my back? There's something wrong deep inside of me, or something I must lack. For I've got this worry of believing me, and I must admit it that I'm scared. So can you?